The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I don't know why the hell I just did that, but I did it. Um, a member of Belly Up Sports. You can also find us on all things podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple, wherever you get your podcast needs, you can find us there. Um, also, we're available on YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys, if you guys are li- listening to us through YouTube, man, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We're trying to grow this platform out as well as much as we're also growing on our other platforms. Follow us on Instagram and X at insert name FC. And uh, we're on TikTok as well. So at insert.name.fc. Um, so there's also that. But also, if you guys, the reason behind the whole video option, pod, video podcasting option is because of the fact that we are also available on Gold TV. If you guys don't know what Gold TV is, Gold TV is um a Hulu service, the Hulu of soccer content. It is has content of all regions of the US covering MLS, USL from across the country. Also, if you're interested on the Americans perspective like what we do here at Insert Name FC, you can also find something for you. Also, they have uh EA Sports FC content. Um you know, card collecting content. So if it's soccer, it's a good chance that it's there. So go ahead and check out Goals TV also. And if you are listening to Goals TV, thank you so much. Keep growing this amazing, amazing product um, that Jose is building here. But yeah, so episode 152, um, kind of like how I mentioned uh, last episode, this episode is going to not feature Edward. And it's because... Um, November 13th is my mom's birthday, which is Monday. Normally, you know, me and Edward record on Mondays because that's the only day that Edward's available to record. The rest of the time, it's him being a father or working or helping his family out. So he just doesn't really have much time to give. And the only day he could give is Mondays. But because of my mom's birthday, uh, we we did not record. Um, so that's the reason why. Um, also, huge weekend, at least for me, because um, Friday, obviously, was the Marine Corps birthday. November 10th is the Marine Corps birthday. Um, then follow that up with Veterans Day, which is a great day for me because I, I get free food. Um, November 12th, which was Sunday, was my niece's birthday. Um, she turned 13. A lot, a lot to unveil on that, a lot to unravel on that one. But, yeah, my niece turned turned 13. And, of course, Monday uh November 13 is my mother's birthday turning 63 years old um so it's a really 
So a really eventful weekend. Um, it was really exciting to be able to celebrate all those things. And at the end of it, to be able to honor the person that I will tell you matters most to me, which is my mother. Um, it, it was pretty great. Um, you know, my, my mom has done a lot of sacrifices. She, you know, she, she left her, her country. She, you know, her country of El Salvador came to the U S with basically nothing. And now she's a homeowner. She's a resident. She pays taxes. Um, she's literally the, the epitome of the American dream. And my mom still does still doesn't stop working. So, um, hopefully one day I can fully repay her for everything that she's done for me and my brother and my sisters. Um, because, you know, it, it's crazy how someone's decision to leave her comfort to come to somewhere that they to a place that they're not really know anything, might not even be able to speak the language. Um, take that risk and and for it to pay off the way it did is is honestly one of the one of the best things about about this country. I know that there's a lot of negativity that comes with the U.S. and, and I get all those things, but when you see when you see, hear about stories like my mom's, it's uh it's possible. It's just you gotta you gotta be able to grind it out. And I'm not trying to say everyone's some people handle their situations different than others. None of that, but it's just um, I can only speak from the experiences that I that was in front of me, and and obviously that's my mom. And so my mom, she she did achieve the American dream. Um, hopefully one day I'm able to to uh, fully repay her. I don't think I ever will. It's gonna be that's impossible task. But I'm hoping one day I can finally uh, let her not be able to work. Um, will be the cool thing. But anyways, this episode. <clears throat> Kelsey from High Low Sports is going to be joining us in this episode. He's going to help me talk about the NWSL final. Um, you know, we're going to look at the U.S. men's national team roster for this weekend. International break is this weekend. So we're going to look at what the U.S. men's national team is going to be rocking with. By the time this episode drops, the first game that they'll be playing against Trinidad and Tobago has already been played. So we'll be going into their match that they have on the 20th. So big implications on that game. We'll explain it when we get to that part. We're going to preview the Liga Mekis playoffs, uh, explain to you guys the new playoff format, what we think about it, and um, and at least that first round of matches, how, how what we think is going to go down. Um, and give you announce our players of the week, like we always do, and uh, highlight some games for you guys to enjoy. And, um, and then it'll be back to just be me uh wrapping this show up in, in a in a pretty little bow so can't wait for that um but yeah so it's a really good episode um obviously we are uh, the this the part of me and kelsey we've already we already did it i'm i'm just doing the intro and conclusion right now as you can tell as you'll as you'll see as i'm wearing completely different clothes from, <laughs> from that but or obviously if you're listening to the podcast then you won't know but yeah so that's that um but but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get right into it with me and Kelsey's overreactions from this past weekend. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. 
and a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? Belly Up Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please gamble responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. As I mentioned in the introduction, we're bringing in the super sub. Edward is not available because we're not recording this on a Monday. Well, because, you know, Monday was my mom's birthday and I'd be a very awful human being to be working on my mom's birthday. So, no of course, super sub, Kelsey time. This is, I feel like way overdue, man. It feels like such a, it's been a while now. Yeah, we, we've been trying to get it set up the last couple of times, but, you know, obviously you talk about working on your mom's birthday. Uh, I've worked on my mom's birthday, my grandma's birthday. I think my stepdad's birthday at this point in time, I, uh, just my dog's birthday, I didn't work on, but she's the only one that got that courtesy. So yeah, I've been busy, uh, but you know, I'm glad to be back on. It is always my favorite time when I get to come on, insert name and, and, you know, talk a little bit of football. It's, yeah, it's, it's always great, man. Um, hopefully one day we can have one where it's you, me and Edward, maybe even bring Jose into it because Jose is also a really good, great person to talk footy with, but, but yeah, we got you here. You know, obviously we got you back. So, of course, we'll let you ha- have the honors of having the first overreaction from this past weekend of football. Uh, overreaction, uh, I think I'm looking at Chelsea right now. Uh, look, you got off to a good start. Your young upstart striker, he looked great. Last time that happened, though, they went goalless for the next 10 games. So let's let's calm down here, Chelsea. You're still Chelsea. You're still not top of the league. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the kid scored three goals and – was it seven days? Uh, it was pretty good, pretty good honors. Obviously, their what four four draw with Man City, uh, being what it is, it looks good on paper. But that's on paper. Uh, we need to not take this further. I, I mean, I don't know. Chelsea this year just doesn't seem like it has very many teeth, and they finally found a tooth. And next thing you know, they're going to overuse it. And it's going to be very dull very quickly. I mean, so. what what a week for Chelsea. At least you got to mention that you you give you give Tottenham their first loss of the season, and then and then you go at least collect a point with Manchester City, which I'm sure no one had faith in you going into any of these two matches that you were going to prevail. So, no, I mean... I remember texting you during the Man City game and being like, hey, yeah, uh, my player of the week might be Erling Haaland if he can bag this hat trick. Fully assuming he's going to get the hat trick in the next five to ten minutes, and then before you know it, obviously he, they, he doesn't score his hattie. Uh, but yeah, like I, I didn't expect this from Chelsea, but at the same time, broken clocks right twice a day. Maybe both of those days, both of those moments are in this last week. I don't know. But, yeah, it just feels a little too early to to start crowning them again. Like, everybody wants to, to crown Chelsea as the, the comeback kids. Now they're going to turn around in the in the second half of the season. Like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves yet. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good overreaction, honestly, though. Um, I mean, unless you're a Chelsea fan. But, right. <laughs> no, let's be realistic. You know, this, Nobody's is, best, yeah. this is a positive. But. <laughs> Um, I think my overreaction this week is actually going to go towards the USL. The USL coming off of an amazing just series of announcements that they've been dropping. Obviously, they just got their new uh, sponsorship, uh, partner, not sponsorship, partnership with CBS Sports. So now all their matches are going to be available on CBS Sports, not through a streaming service. It's actually going to be available. On K- you still got to pay for it. But I mean, like it's 
I guess it's more, over air cable though, more so. accessible than it is for the MLS. I know a lot of people complain. I, I've I've said a lot of positivity about Apple TV, and I still stand by it. Um, I understand people are complaining, but to be honest, man, Apple TV is actually not that bad. It's it, it's worth it. I, I would say my six ninety nine a month is well worth uh, that. Plus, I mean, what is it thirty four ninety nine for the the MLS extension at the beginning of the season? Now it's like. And you, you can, can watch all the games. You can watch <laughs> yeah. any game. No blackouts. Every, every game. Like I live in Ohio now, so watching Atlanta United, who is the, the 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 team I guess I have dubbed my hometown team, I guess, uh be, from growing up down south for so long. Um, you know, once Atlanta became the expansion team, that was my team to watch. So obviously I still watch them. And I can't watch those games in Ohio uh because everything they want to show here is Columbus, and I'm sorry. I have never been a crew fan my entire life. Back to MLS ninety six and and you know. Those days. I didn't. I never liked the crew. Never been the team. I, you know. So yeah, I, I got kind of ironic that that's the team that eliminated Atlanta. <laughs> I know. I didn't want to go there, but yeah. But aside from that, obviously, you know, USL gets this part, this uh, partnership deal with with uh, CBS Sports. Um, shout out to Gold TV, by the way. They they also have a partnership with you uh, with the USL. You can watch your highlights, your all your news uh, updates is coming from the from Gold TV. So really cool for them on that on their end on that platform, but um, and then on top of all that, it's just you had an amazing final, you know, Phoenix Rising versus uh, the Charleston Battery. Um, I was really, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I kind, I like, I like Phoenix Rising just because like I remember the hype that this team had, you know, early years when they had Drogba, and mm-hmm. it was crazy to me that they've never won a USL championship, but now they won their first USL championship trophy. Um, but the thing that like I was actually rooting for Charleston, and it's because uh, uh Beto Avila, who play, who's on loan there from the Houston Dynamo, um, and he's also a really good friend. So he actually was playing, and also props to him for somehow getting the number sixty nine. Um, I don't know how he managed to get that that done, but yeah. So I was I was rooting for him. Unfortunately, obviously, it went to penalty. Very dramatic penalties, by the way, because I thought this was it for Phoenix Rising. They missed their first two penalties as Charleston's just sinking their first two. So you're like, all right, this game's over. And then flipped, Phoenix goes ahead and scores their next three penalties, and Charleston's unable to score their next three. So it was just one of those like crazy endings to a final. But, hey, Phoenix Rising uh, wins it, wins it the USO. I mean, if you're a San Diego loyal fan, you're probably – more pissed off than anything that not only the team that eliminated you from this tournament, but now they're the ones lifting the trophy where it could have been you at least. Unfortunately, obviously San Diego Loyal will not be an existing club anymore. But like I said, it's exciting about USO. I'm not saying they're competing with MLS by any means, but getting more exposure, getting at least of it's clearly someone believes in them to be like, let's, let's showcase this product a little bit more. They're getting new clubs coming into there. So USO is definitely going to be a very interesting league to watch. And once again, they're not necess- they're not technically the second division in the U.S., but obviously that's what everyone deems them as. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're making big moves that you wouldn't see a second division team be doing. Yeah, they really are. And, and you know, actually, they it's funny because my uh, my work life actually overlaps a little bit in, the, in this, this conversation with the USL uh, because I, I I work a lot with unions. Well, one of the sponsors of the uh, Las Vegas Lights is Lyuna, one of the biggest unions in the in the U.S. Uh, as well as there's also another. USL, I believe, two team that has a sponsorship from another organization. So we actually got to cover them, and they actually just recently, you know, got a new mental health awareness program for their players as part of their USLPA. So 
look, they got a lot of things going for them this year. Uh, it's not just offer the players' health and players' safety and players' wages, which is a whole new part of it too. With the new PA, they get new improved wages. But now you have fantastic performances on and off the off the field, and yeah, oh, pretty impressive. Yeah. So talking about one final and going into this is our recap of the NWSL final. Gotham FC wins it against OL Reign two to one in what was a lot of a lot of hype being built into this game because of obviously this is the final match of two U.S. women's national team legends in Allie Krieger and uh, Megan Rapino. Unfortunately, didn't end well for Megan Rapino as she actually got injured very early in the match. But uh, aside from that, got this was a very close game. Gotham had the edge on possession by fifty three percent. Um, got them out shot them nine to seven but shots on target was even at two um the goal that did come from the oil ring was rose lavelle who is a big name coming up for the women's national team for sure hopefully eventually we'll see her wearing that number 10 for usa um <laughs> scoring in the 29th minute mark and then got them fc their two goals coming from the most reliable goal scorer right now if you want to say for u.s women's national team and that's lynn williams in the 24th minute and Literally coming off of a World Cup victory with Spain, I'm, I'm sure people still forget that Spain won the World Cup because there's <laughs> other things that overshadow that. Um, Esther Gonzalez, who scored the winner in the 45th in stoppage time. Um, after that, basically the second half became like a, de- a defensive showcase for everybody. Maybe some people weren't watching, but I was. And um, it's fun. And it got pretty pretty frisky at the end because there was a red card on the goalkeeper of all people to have a red card in the final minutes of the game. Um, literally in stoppage time. So props to the player. I don't remember the name of the player, but she did step in, put on the goalkeeper top and just waited it out, man. Once again, solid defensive performance by Gotham FC. And it's crazy to think that, you know, not only did Gotham win their first uh, NWSL championship, um, giving Allie Krieger her, her send off because this is her first NWSL championship period. Um, this team last year was dead bottom with four wins, one draw, and 17 losses. They were at the bare bottom of the NWSL last year. They go in and get Juan Carlos Amoros, who was the interim manager over at the Houston Dash. I'm sure no one in the Dash right now isn't kicking themselves about not not keeping him around. Um, brings him in and immediately f- turns his club over. And I mean, there's a lot of things that you should. Gotham is already a very solid team all around. Obviously, Ali Krieger, name that comes up. Midge Purse, another big name that comes off of that. I mean, we mentioned Lynn Williams and Esther Gonzalez. It's a very loaded team. They did everything that they needed to do right. Um, and I think that's what sums up how Gotham wins it all this year. Yeah, no, it was an impressive uh, final. Obviously, most people will recognize pretty much any name on OL Reign at the end of the day. Um, you can run down it as a laundry list of international superstars in the women's game. Uh, mostly, I mean, whether it be American or not, this is this is a team for those that don't know. It used to be the Seattle Reign. Um, so just, you know, keeping you up on that. And then Gotham FC, I mean, this is a team that, yeah, you mentioned it, la- dead last last year. A, a team that nobody expected anything of. Allie Krieger's like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should have retired at the end of last year. It was a poor, poor season. She somehow convinced herself to come back this year. And, Wow. Uh, I don't know if you could really, I, for whether it had been her or Megan Rapino, I don't know if I'd have the same feelings for both. Uh, I think Megan Rapino, she's won so much in her career. 
this one doesn't like if she had won the NWSL title, like yeah, that's her first as well. But like it wouldn't have been as cool for me. Whereas Ali Krieger, who has kind of been the you talk about a player that's been you know bitten by injury throughout her career, uh, you know, been benched throughout her career in in World Cups, um, you know, fought back at every single time, and here she is finally getting her first NWSL championship on her very last kick of the ball, basically. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic story there, and you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I was glad to see a team outside of Seattle, Portland, or insert another Western Conference team uh, in the NWSL winning a, winning another title. It feels like. No, yeah, I think um, I think as like the NWSL continues to grow, it's been. And it, I think it's a lot of people like this league, especially when you talk about like high profile women's players that do end up coming to this league. I know that things are kind of finally getting a little bit better in Europe just because now they want to compete with the NWSL, but, and they're just going to keep expanding. I mean, you know, Bay area FC, good God, that's going to be one of the newer additions in the NWSL. Um, So the league's going to get bigger. You're going to get more high profile names. I mean, there's a lot of big names overall in this league as well, but, uh, but yeah, I obviously, you know, amazing send off rally Krieger. Um, And yeah, what a turnaround for Gotham FC. This, this is kind of one of those things that, like, how I would tell you that maybe, like, having those salary caps and that parity is kind of where it is enjoyable, in, in at least in the American sense of sports. Because, obviously, when you go to Europe, the teams with the most money are probably going to finish in the, in, in the top four, top five. Whereas, you know, maybe a team like Gotham, who went and finished the bottom, probably stays as a bottom dweller. Um you know, it, it you don't get those stories like you do here in the U.S. Um, and and then like I said, it's only it's only getting bigger. So the MWSL is going to be tinkering. They're going to be changing their playoff formats. Hopefully, nothing crazy like the the MLS is doing right now. But but it, it is it is this is what you get here in the U.S. is is that parity. Why the playoffs is so fun for Americans is because you got to get in it to win it, and and you see what happens. Yeah, this is the result. Yeah, is, and you're exactly right. I mean, look, this is a, a, a developing, developing league. And what's funny about this league, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, is Americans. We've always wanted a soccer league to kind of call our own. The funny thing with the NWSL is they've been just the home of every single superstar female for a long time. You think about to the time with Marta joining back with Orlando Pride back in the day. Um, you know, Christine Sinclair, you, you, Abby Wambach, all these players played through the NWSL or some form of the NWSL in the past. I mean, we have Alex Morgan now in the league. We, you know, you mentioned uh, Esther Gonzalez and this Lynn Williams, a name, a name of American at this point in time. They're playing in the NWSL for the most part. And yeah, it's there's a lot of excitement there and a lot of fun to continue growing. And you talk about earlier uh, USL getting a deal with CBS. Well, by the way. Uh, half there's a 25 percent of the games for the NWSL are are aired on CBS, the rest Paramount Plus. So I mean, you, you talk about you know getting eyes on the t- on the league as well. Uh, it's it's one of those things that yeah you you expect it to grow continuously, and especially you look at a lot of women's development leagues. You talk about Europe; they're starting to grow. Well, they're trying to model themselves after the NWSL, and yeah, it's a lot of fun to see. Um, and I, I agree, parity is a fantastic thing. Especially when you have that's what that's the whole idea of having a cap a, a salary cap. Um, now there's a certain time when you outgrow it. Looking at the MLS, you know sometimes maybe you have to let that one go uh, potentially. But you know in the NWSL and its stage in its in, in its development right now, I think it's a fantastic part of keeping parity in the league. No, yeah, exactly. 
exactly. So, uh, amazing final. Love that I was able to watch it. Not only watch it, but watch it with my nieces. Um, I mean, I don't know how much they were really watching it, but <laughs> it was still really cool for them to see. Like, hey, look, there's women on TV, and not only not only like on Paramount, it was on CBS, so it was actually yeah. like on a public channel uh, for everybody to watch. And once again, NWSL did a really good job on how they laid out the final. Um, the crowd was great over there in Snapdragon uh, Stadium. I think it was that was really cool. Also, to I, I feel like that's something that I, I kind of want to see the MLS go back to doing is having those uh, uh, different locations for finals. Not necessarily have like the higher seat host the game, um, mm-hmm. which I'm, I mean I'm indifferent about it. But it, I did like it when it was like on a different venue. You know, just adds another mm-hmm. appeal to it. Until um, like the- in Seattle finished in the finals back to back to back years, and, and it just seemed to rotate between those two plus Portland. Yeah, uh, for the location, and you're just like, guys, can we leave the Pacific Northwest here so a Pacific Northwest team can compete in this? And let's not forget that what negative twelve degree game in 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 Toronto. Oh, dear God, yeah, yeah. We need to just avoid some West Coast games, man. Just uh, yeah. just because of the fact that like God, that being up earlier than we needed to be to be watching a game. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the the stadium part of it because Snapdragon Stadium, you know, yes, it's developed for dual use both football and football um but it originally came into development with soccer in mind first so the american you know soccer um so yeah which, I, I, which I will be the home of san diego fc as well so. yeah yeah san diego fc you, you know you have uh was it san diego wave and then you also have then san diego state college football team um but yeah i mean you, you, they they were the add-on into all of this group whereas it was built for specific, specifically for soccer, which is something NWSL wise unique. Um, you know, first, really, I mean, first women's team you can honestly say had a soccer first stadium built for them, and that's uh, you know, in and of itself is actually really cool. Um, so maybe you know, you may see more of that as well. Yep. So awesome! Can't wait to see what what we got next year for NWSL. All right. So it's November. This weekend is the international break. So that means we have the U.S. men's national team call-ups. And there is not a friendly. It's actually a very – they're actually going to be competitive matches, quote-unquote competitive, depending on how you feel about the, the Nations League. But, yeah, it is the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Nations League. By the time this episode drops, the first match has already been played, um, which is going to be in Austin, Texas, at Q2 Stadium. And it's against uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but on the 20th, they will be playing – in Trinidad and Tobago, actually in Hesse Crawford Stadium in Port of Spain, Trinidad, um, against Trinidad and Tobago. So it's a two-leg matchup, but there is some important implications on this because the winner obviously advances to the semifinal of the CONCACAF Nations League, but also qualifies for the 2024 Copa America. So that's a very important thing because it is hosted in here in the U.S., and it'd be pretty embarrassing to not be in the tournament that you're hosting. Yeah, let's. Uh, I don't even want to wish put that into the air. Um, that's a whole lot of negativity to be putting in the air right there. Yeah. So, so there, so there is some importance to the matches. Obviously, also everyone's bragging about the potential of the U.S. going for their third straight Nations League. Show. Once again, I don't know how you feel about the Nations League. I'm not here to preach about <laughs> whether or not the Nations League is good or not. I really don't want to defend the Nations League. Um, Nations good. League is good for certain teams. Um, say it's a good quality tournament for the U.S. to to try to find their first 
primary squad, probably a, a reach for somebody like Trinidad Tobago. That's probably fair. Yeah. So there is some positives, some negatives all around. But so this is the roster that one Greg Burhalter is rolling with, which. Look, I said it's a positive about Greg Halter. We saw a change in his formation. We saw a number ten being used, which is which is big, big. If if you if you know how I feel about Greg Halter, so there's some evolution. Do we do we see more of that here? Probably not because this is like I said, what's at stake in these games. But in in the friendlies, I have no problem with him playing around with the formations. Um, maybe one day we'll see a three in the back. Who knows? But for right now, good dream. We we'll see what happens, but all right, goalkeepers. Which is this is where you're gonna have Kelsey's full attention because he loves goalkeepers. We yes. have Ethan Horvath of Nottingham Forest, um, has had nine caps with the U.S. Men's National Team. It's really, not much else you can say about that. Uh, Gaga Solnina, who currently plays at KS Upen in Belgium, who already has been cap tied with the U.S. Men's National Team, and of course our number one Matt Turner at Nottingham Forest. As well, just like Ethan Horvath, except there's some rumors speculating that he might be leaving in January because I think he lost his starting job at, at Nottingham and who obviously has 35 caps. Um, just looking at the goalkeepers right now, how do you feel about goalkeepers? This is no surprise. Let's be honest. Uh, at this point in time, it's going to be Matt Turner every time out. Uh, if it's anything that's not a friendly or an MLS window, it's going to be Matt Turner. Um, Ethan Horvath obviously makes sense there at Nottingham Forest. Uh, yeah, the irony there that it's Matt Turner and Ethan Horvath both playing at the same club team uh, is not lost on anybody here as well. Um, the guy I'm, in, I'm 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 so interested about Gaga Sonina, um, and it's nothing against Matt Turner, nothing against Ethan Horvath. I've seen those two; I know what they can do. I'm just uh, whatever. Gaga Sonina is a guy who I don't know where he fits into the American scheme yet. Like, yeah, yes, he is capped out. He was also available for other nations, and it's just. It's unique because the last time a goalkeeper was like that with America, I believe, was Guillermo Ochoa, and and he chose Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so with Slonina, it's it's a very different story here, um, and and something I'm I'm interested in seeing how much he does play. And I, I think this is a situation where I I would see him maybe get a few more appearances. Um, I especially think if they win game one handily, I don't expect to see Orbath or Turner in game two. I've been proven wrong before with Burhalter. Um, but I do think this is like, like I said, I think this is a time to establish what we're working towards in the world cup in 26 and, and not try to just like dabble with everything. I think this is a time you throw a guy like Gaga Sonina out there. I think it's a time. Yeah. You throw Ethan Horvath and you let Matt Turner sit. I do think that's an opportunity. I know Matt Turner is also trying to like build stuff for his club team here, whatever. I get out of here. I don't care about that right now. Like I care about 2026 and what we're going to put out on the field. Really 2024, you know, Copa as well. That's, that's important. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you look at this, no surprises really, uh, but I am very intrigued by Gaga Sonina. Yeah. I, I want to mention Gaga Sonina as well, but only because I find it a little bit, um, disappointing that I see him on this roster. And the reason why is because also while this is, while this is going on, there's also a U23 team kind of going on as they're preparing for the Olympics, which is another thing that's happening this summer. Um, is that the the Olympics is coming, and I feel like Gaga Sunina should be over with the U23 players, building that chemistry up, getting familiar with that team, because I would, if it was me, I would want Sunina to be the goalkeeper for the Olympic team, 
because I would like to show that we care about both these tournaments. I would love to see some of the guys that we're gonna, that we're going to mention on this, you know, also play not only in the Copa America but also compete in the Olympics. And I think that there's a lot of players. Obviously, it's they say it's up to Greg Berhalter, but I don't think it's necessarily his call. It's also, but I can see him preventing certain players from going. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that Gaga Sanina for me is he needs to keep. There's certain players that you could just throw them in and they'll 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 do well. But then, like guys like Gaga Salina, I want him to build that rapport, especially when we're talking about that back line uh, for for the U.S. I I, I agree somewhat. Uh, I will say I do want to see him with a U23 setup. That's no doubt in my mind. It's, come Olympic time, I want him want him to be the one guy, the guy in between the sticks. That's what I want to see. But I also think this is where I get a little weird about it. Is I think the challenge of facing a Trinidad and Tobago team full of a grown men it's tougher than facing the u23 scrimmage setup that they have going on right now basically nothing against the u23 talent level and i'm not trying to say that, that but we can all agree that when you talk about a 27 year old man playing for trinidad tobago versus a 19 to 23 year old playing there's a different talent gap there and and i think as long as he sees the field this is fine with me and I do have to put that caveat because if he doesn't see the field, then this is a waste of time. Like we just, you know, throw a th- who cares in there, throw, you know, uh, I don't know, one of the old heads that's still in the league. I, I, don't, I don't care. But if you put him, if, if Greg Berhalter actually uses him, then I'm fine with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for him, I think the goal is 23, uh, like the U23 setup and then working towards like, you know, the future. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, and he's him among many other players. I will say that with, but yeah, I think, that's the caveat to it. Like, I, while I do like the idea of building chemistry, goalkeepers, the chemistry with goalkeepers is kind of pretty easy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. As long as you can vocalize and you can communicate with your back line, that's all, that's all they need to do. It's kind of like, to some, to some degrees, an, a wide receiver and an offensive lineman, they don't really communicate other than to be like, yo, I got this block. And like, at the end of the day, that's really what a goalkeeper does. He's like, hey, I got the ball. Like, you know, ball, 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 keeper, 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 whatever he says. That needs to be the communication. Obviously, how he rolls the ball out, that's all stuff that they'll work on in time, but less concerned about that right now, more concerned about him actually facing more quality shots on goal. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I, so I, agree, I agree with that one. So, But, I mean, I, I do expect to see Matt Turner in both those games, and I think that's probably the reason why. Unfortunately, bit, I think you're right. I think that's why I'm a little bit more critical about the selection of Selena, though I do believe he is he is going to be the future of U.S. Of US soccer. Um the goalkeeper is like a weird position because it's not necessarily an age thing. Like it's just, you know, goalkeepers yeah. can be playing till like they're 50. Um, so and they can be playing as early as 18. Yeah. So it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. And I think as long as Matt Turner is still the shot stopping guy that we think he is capable of being, he's that's his position uh, for him to lose. Um, but moving on to defenders, man. So Cameron Carter Vickers of, Celtic over in Scotland with 14 caps. Uh, Sergino Des of PSV Eidhoven over the Netherlands with 30 caps. Christopher Lund from Palmero over in Italy with three caps so far. Guy that I've been really intrigued by. Still want to see a little bit more of him. Still not sure about him. Um, Tim Ream, old man Tim Ream from Fulham. 53 caps. That is crazy to think how long this guy's been playing for the U.S. soccer. Um, Chris Richards over at Crystal Palace. I know there's some rumors going on, possibly – of him making a move in January, but 
currently at Crystal Palace in England with 14 caps. Uh, Jedi, he's back from Fulham. Um, he has 37 caps. That is also – that shocked me by that. I didn't realize how many caps he's had with the U.S. team. Miles um, Robinson from Atlanta United, uh, 27 caps so far. And, of course, a guy that's been really getting a lot of people's attention, Joe Scally from Borussia Mönchengladbach in Germany with seven caps. Um, anything that you want to point out from this defense group? So one, it feels like Cameron Carter Vickers has had way more than 14 caps. Am I the only one that feels that way? Like he's been in the squad and he's been involved in squads for so long. It feels like he's been gotten more caps. I guess not. Um, but he yeah, just, uh, up, just doesn't play. Yeah, exactly. He just sits the bench. He, he practices and he's like, eh, you know what? He's not good enough. So you're going to sit over there on the bench or he's not big enough. That was the big one under Jurgen, mm-hmm. uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, so yeah, uh, Christopher Lund though. I am I am also encouraged uh, by what I've seen so far. I am curious though, um, where does he finally fit in with his team? Because there's a lot of talent in that back, uh, and 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 there's I mean not to like call it call him out, but at the end of the day, like I don't know where he fits in. And I, I've had this question about many of the defenders that have come through the U.S. setup in in many years. Um, I'll be the first one to admit that Jedi was uh, well, the first one I questioned back in the day, and I've been proven happily wrong with how good he has been with the team. Um, obviously, him and Tim Ream have a fantastic matchup, but how long is Tim Ream going to be in the setup? Do you think Tim Ream plays in 26? Because I honestly don't know if I do. Um, I, don't think he plays in, I don't even think he plays in Copa America. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, realistically, like, at what time do you stop using him as a crutch? Because the Americans have always had this crutch defender, right? even back to Carlos Bocanegra, uh, you know, the, these guys that just stay in the team for probably a little bit longer than they should. Uh, Gucci Onyewu, um, as uh, you know, one of the examples, um, Oh God, I can't even think of his name now, but uh, Jermaine Jones being another one as well. Um, yeah. There's, there's guys that just stay in the team for a little bit too long. So I'm worried about Tim Reem being involved all, still, because I think this is the one that I'd leave Tim Reed out on personally. Mm-hmm. This is the one where I want to see a younger matchup in the center back pairing. I want to see a younger matchup with center back and wings. I want to see what they can do. Um, I do like seeing Miles Robinson back in there, and I do love the Robinson duo. Uh, you know, them being on the field together, I think they're both very talented, very athletic. But, yeah, Joe Scaly, Scaly, uh, yeah, I'm always I'm always intrigued by him. But he's one, like, no matter how many times I see him, I still feel like I need to see more because I'm still not sold on him. I think that's where I'm at right now with Christopher Lund. I'm not entirely sure what I'm getting from him. He's another one of those uh, dual nationals. Um you know, I didn't even know this guy existed until you mentioned it to me um, when we were previewing Serie A. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not even in the Serie A. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think the center back, I I, I think we know, we know who, what's it, well, who we're going to see as far as the fullbacks goes, but like the center back pairing. Um, I think eventually, I think it's what we saw the, the last, that last international break where we saw, you know, Cameron Carter Vickers and Chris Richards coming, switching off. Um, you know, one plays the first half, the other plays the second half. Um, and it's usually Tim Ream or Miles Robinson. I think Miles Robinson is in this weird situation where we know what he's what he's capable of, obviously, still trying to recover from his injury, um, which you know, I don't know how long we're gonna keep using that excuse as to why we don't use him as much, but how many more times is he gonna get injured? <laughs> how many times is he gonna get injured? How many times we're gonna hear that he's he's set for a big move to to Europe, you know. Yeah, you know, it's a never ending like what are we getting from Miles Robinson? At as as much as I enjoy Miles Robinson, as much as I I, I think he's a re, a very reliable player, especially in the back line. You know, when you see two guys like Cameron Carter Vickers and Chris Richards, that I mean, 
Chris Richards has the size that you would want from a center back and Cameron Carter-Vickers having the physicality and, and the IQ that you think that that's the potential pairing, yeah. for, especially if we're talking about 2026. Because I, I, I like Tim Reen, definitely not making it to, to 26. Miles Robinson, I don't know if he can even make it to 2026. Um, I, mean, injuries, I, I hate to say it, but you know what he reminds me of is Jay Demerit post Jay Demerit's career in uh, with Wolves. Mm-hmm. When Jay Demerit came back to the MLS, it was very short lived, but he was always injured. He was the talent was always there, or even Matt Beasler, Matt Beasler with Kansas City. Um, he was he's another perfect example of this guy that's in the MLS is fantastic, defender of the year nominee every almost every year. But at the same time, like there's been talks of him going overseas and he never can make the move, and then he's injured. And that's why he can't make the move. And he's injured, and that's why he misses this call-up, this, that call-up. He he's not in the, the program for five months, six months. You know, and it's like, man, like it, when he's on the field, and I, this is, I love the Robinson duo when Miles is healthy and on the field because he is an athletic. He does have the physicality, and he has the ball skills as well, and I think that's an underrated part. That's something that Chris Richards has that's really, really good. It's his ability, his IQ, and his ball skills are, are fantastic, whereas, you know, you mentioned Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh-oh, I think we lost. I think we lost Kelsey for a bit. All right, there oh, he is. There we go. I was <laughs> off on a soliloquy, and my, my internet didn't keep up. Um, but, no, I, you know, I, I yeah. So, I like Miles, uh, and, and I, I love his ball skills, and I wish – I love Chris Richards' ball skills, and I think those two could make an interesting matchup if healthy. But, you know, right now you're – I think you're right. I think CCV has the edge just because he's playing, he's overseas, he's healthy. And I think those are the things right now. As much as I, I as I would love CCV to have a better, you know, ability with the ball at his feet, I'll take what I can get. Like if the guy punts it forty yards, like a Gucci Anye will used to do back in the day, I okay, it's acceptable to a degree. But you know, I need I, I don't know, I need a little more from that center back pairing. So yeah. I, I, I hope Miles Robinson makes it to twenty six. I hope, or there's like a, an appearance of a new young kid that I don't know about yet. I don't know. There's always that. Always, there's always that. Um, but all right, moving on to the midfield, we got Paxton Aronson, little brother of Brendan Aronson, making actually already has a cap. He already has one cap, but he comes from Angtrain Frankfurt over in Germany. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of excitement from him. He was actually the, one of the reasons why we're going to the Olympics. Um, probably mm-hmm. someone, kind of some someone that I I would explain that was like maybe doesn't need to be with the U twenty three team right now, but because. We know he's already electric when he's going to immediately elevate that team once he goes and plays with them. I, we should be expecting him in the Olympics, um, but definitely like to see him, what he can do with the senior team. Probably that potential 10 when who's going to be that backup 10 for, for Gio Reyna, if you will. Uh, Johnny Cardoso from Internacional over at Brazil with nine caps. I've been getting more and more intrigued by Johnny Cardoso every single time he is the definition of what a six should look like. And with his age, he's just going to get so much better. Um, probably a player that could take advantage of Tyler Adams' health because, um, once again, he's not called up because of his injury. He's dealing with injuries yet again. Um, and so that, to me, is 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 this his chance to, to get? And once again, he's getting attention from big clubs in Europe. Once again, he's over and he's still playing in Brazil. We know the quality in Brazil, but you know, this kid should be getting a, a big move to Europe, to Europe at some point um, because of that Brazilian influence. But 
So an, a player I'm very intrigued by, Luca Del Torre. I mean, I don't know how many times I got to tell y'all that I like Luca Del Torre from Celta Vigo over in Spain, 19 caps so far with the U.S. Uh, Leonard Maloney from Heidenheim made his cap last international break. Um, he plays in Heidenheim in Germany. Still might want to see a little bit more from him. Weston McKenney, obviously from Juventus, uh, 48, 48 caps. He is probably like the most cap player besides Tim Ream. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> but, but yeah, he is. Uh, Yunus Musa from AC Milan with 31 caps. Gio Reyna uh, from Borussia Dortmund, obviously 22 caps. Um, healthy, a healthy Gio Reyna. I want to pa- point that out. That's pretty important to mention that. A very healthy Gio Reyna. Uh, Malik Tillman from PS Eidhoven um, with six caps so far. But another guy that you would say probably in that discussion as a possible backup 10 for Gio Reyna. But midfield, what what's your take from the midfield so far? I'm intrigued by Leonard Maloney for no other reason than he's a dual threat. He's a CDM slash he can also play center back. He also does it, uh, you know, at Heidenheim in Germany. And if you can play center back in, in Germany, that's pretty impressive feat. Um, a guy that came up in the Borussia Dortmund system along with Gio Reyna, a little bit younger, obviously, but he's intriguing. Um, Johnny Cordosa, yeah, I'm like you. I, I, I keep liking things I see from him, and I want to see more. And I keep hoping for more of them, and I just don't get enough of them. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I imagine he should be starting pretty much and, and playing the entire time um, during throughout this break. So that's going to be good. Uh, I'm like you, Luca Delatore. I don't know why the guy cannot get time on the field for the U.S. setup. The guy deserves it. He's the most settling presence we have in the midfield, hands down. Uh, it is something you see on every team. Uh, you know, look at Liverpool's best teams. James Milner was that guy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I literally pulled one out of the back here for James Milner here. But, I mean, Tony Cruz for, for Real Madrid. You know, there's always a, a settling presence. Andrea Pirlo for years for Italy. Um you know, I'm not saying he's the same talent level of these guys because he's not, but he is a skilled, talented, and he talented midfielder who knows what he can do, and he settles the game down, and we need that. That's something that's not in the American game right now because right now it's like pedal to the metal or, oh, God, we're defending for our lives. There's no in-between in an American setup, and as much as I love all the players that can run pedal to the metal, Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, Brendan Aronson, Paxton Aronson, all of these guys, fantastic. I want to see a little calm occasionally. I don't want to be breathing, you know, at 200 beats per minute with my heart for 90 minutes. That's not, not what I want to see every time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully he gets his opportunity. Uh, yeah, Eunice Musa, Musa no, no, no surprise, uh, Wesley McKinney. Okay. Color me surprised the man continues to make his appearances. Uh, you know, Gio Reyna's in the, in the setup. Thank God uh, we need him in the setup at all times. Talk about building relationships. Um, and then, you know, Malik Tillman, I, I, I'm excited like you. I, I think he's, he has that same role as Paxton where you're kind of waiting to see who's going to be the guy that's comes out as the backup number 10, because I think whichever one comes out as the backup number 10 is the other one's going to be slid up front or potentially out to the wing, you know, one or the other way. Uh, and, and I think Malik's better in the middle and Paxton might be better coming from the sides. I, I, that's my opinion. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see down, you know, in this one. But yeah, there's, I mean, really, like, my, I look at Johnny Cordosa, I look at Leonard Maloney, and I'm looking at Luca Del Torre as the three. I'm really watching this this setup, and I hope they get time because I think even putting those three on the field together could be very intriguing. 
I don't know how that look would look, but I think it could be very intriguing nonetheless. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Paxton Aronson, um, and this is no shot at Brendan, obviously, but he's definitely the more talented Aronson brother. Yes. Uh, but I, and I, this this is what I explained uh, last time when I was talking about Brendan. Uh, we'll get to Brendan eventually, but um, Brendan is just a high work rate is what yeah. makes him very unique. He's not necessarily great at like he's not necessarily elite at anything. He's really good at a lot of things, but it's his work ethic that really pushes him over. Paxton just has it. Like he just he just has that that has that talent and like I've seen it not only from when you know playing with Andre Frankfurt but even seeing it in the you know in his academy days like his highlights are very impeccable and there's a reason why Andre Frankfurt was ready to pull bring him over you know sixteen even. yeah I believe he actually beat his brother out to Europe yeah on age wise you know it's funny we Americans have always gotten this knock for hustle you know a hustle category right Brendan Aronson in companies that uh, encompasses that a lot uh you know dating back a little bit in the history of uh, of the U.S. team you look at somebody like uh, I don't know um Clint Dempsey as the guy that's known as a great hustler that's how he got his his name early on in his career but he was always overshadowed by a much more skilled and talented player like Landon Donovan well Paxton is is kind of being overshadowed by Brendan Aronson for all the wrong reasons like Paxton actually has all the talent and he has a high work rate, but for some reason, Brendan Erickson gets all the look for the fact that he's his run with Philadelphia union really put him above everybody else for some reason there. And I, I don't know why I think Paxton needs to get a lot more look um, to be fair. And, and I think give the guy talent and time and uh, we're going to be way, really, really impressed with him in, in the midfield. We just can't, I feel like we're, this is one of those guys I'm worried about just that we're going to misuse him. Uh, like we do with so many other midfielders, young, talented, skilled midfielders. I will tell you if we see if we see the four three three, and we're talking, I'm talking about Greg Berhalter's four three three, which obviously requires a six. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna just point it out. It's gonna it has to be Johnny Cardozo. I don't know who else you put in that six spot. Uh, maybe Maloney. Um, but I'd like to see it, but I don't know if he, I'm sold on him. That's that's a little too early to be putting him out there in the starting lineup. But at least initially, Johnny Cardozo. I feel like has earned that right to be at least now a starter, especially against Trinidad and Tobago. Um, yeah. But I, I want, I hope to see that Burhalter use that, that four, two, three, one formation. Like we did again, you know, like last time because it worked. Uh, but it, cause if that's the case, Johnny Cardoza, same uh, kind of similar to what you said with Leonard Maloney um, can play as a regular CM, even though I, be, I believe you mentioned him as a center back, but yeah. Kind of same thing, Johnny Cardoza, but Johnny Cardoza is still that destroyer, that hybrid eight six type player. Um, whereas, and then obviously, then you have your Weston McKenney and Eunice Musa. Um, but obviously, then Johnny Cardoza goes on the bench because now you got to put Gio Reyna up top at the number ten spot. Because if he if we do not see that formation, it's and it is the four three three. I I can bet a pretty penny that Gio Reyna will be on the wing especially when we go into wingers, the forward position, because Christian Pulisic and Timothy Weah are out with injury, um, which is a big, big loss to the team. But also, it, we got to find out who steps up in the forward position, just period, specifically on the winger side. Because, I mean, not going to lie to you, after Pulisic and Weah, that's a very slim list. Yeah, I have a lot of concerns built beyond them, and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it here in a second. But, but yeah. yeah. 
I, you know, this is one of those things, and we already talked about him as a defender, but Serginio Dest, I still think Dest, his best position is more as a winger than it is as a as a fullback. I, you know, I and see that's why I mentioned the three the the three in the back because if you turn, then you could push up Sergino. Yeah, I, I think I think that's something that they've dabbled with, and he's even been he's even been placed there with with Einoven. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's been set up the field, which he actually looks really good attacking and. And you know, in the four two three one, he looked great overlapping and and being able to take that forward step. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm reaching here, but I think you know, you talk about depth here. Well, we need to find as much depth as possible, and yeah, might be the way we go. All right. So going to forwards, we have Brent Aronson from Union Berlin over in Germany, uh, with thirty six caps so far with the U.S. Uh, Fularen Balagun from Monaco over in France with six caps. Um, Kevin Paredes from Wolfsburg, who has just become a rising uh, talent as of lately over in, in the Bundesliga, um, coming in with two caps already. Ricardo Pepe from PSV Eidhoven with 20 caps. Um, once, you know, once again, that Balogun-Pepe uh, debate that continues to go on here with the, with U.S. soccer. And the final player in the call-up is Alex Zendejas of Club America in Mexico with seven caps. Once again, no no Christian Pulisic, no Timothy Weah. Someone's going to have to step up in that position. Kevin Paredes is an interesting name for me when we're talking about the wing because of how he's performing so far in the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg. But, I mean, Zendejas is there, and he needs to show out because last time they got – last last uh, international break, he didn't play a single game. So, it, it's it's kind of – to me right now, I think it's make it or break it time for Zendejas or else he – looks like an idiot for choosing the U S over Mexico. Um, but I, like I said, striker, weirdly enough, strikers for the first time, we're not necessarily worried about the position. It's between two guys, clearly between Balagun and, and Pepe, but it's like, I don't mind if you put either or at this point, because both of them have been showing out. And as a matter of fact, when we saw Reina Pulisic and, and Balagun together in the field, they looked beautiful. It was amazing performance against, against Ghana. Um, so now the question, unfortunately for this one, which is great, which is probably like why the U S is a little bit relieved that it is against Trinidad and Tobago. Cause you lose arguably your two best wingers. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, it's arguably, I think, I think it's very comfortably your two best. Wingers. You, you lose your, you lose your best wingers. Um, you know, obviously the ultimate dog in Timothy Wea, And of course your, your captain, Christian Pulisic, you're probably your, your once in a lifetime generational player. At least that's what everyone feels that he is. Landon um, Donovan 2.0. Whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, unless you want to mention anything about the nine position, but obviously I think at this point when you're looking at forwards, the wings is the one that's got to be talked about, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I think that you we talked about this a couple times now. That the, I think what decides the wings in this is what formation we come out in, right? If we run the four two three one, it's gonna be Balagon up front. And that then begs the question of who do you slide out? You know, is it Aronson and Paredes? Is it Zendayas and, and Paredes? Is it Aronson and Zendayas? Like, who, how do you do that? But I think I'm going to throw, throw, throw a weird idea out here with the 4-3-3, the way we could run that. You have Aronson on one side, Balgan on the other, and you slide Ricardo Pepe in the, in the middle. Um, you know, they, they, they dabbled with that a little bit with Balgan in his, one of his first appearances there when they had uh, Brendan Alvarez on the team as well, uh, FC Cincinnati striker. And... It worked. He, he could attack the wings as well. And 
maybe that's the way we develop depth is we run a four three three with Ricardo Pepe and stick him in the center and and then Balog on the outside with Aronson and that could be your backup wingers essentially. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think Zendayas and Paredes have to make a name for themselves if they're going to be included in any of these conversations. But they have to do it this break. I think this break is the one with no Pulisic, no Wea. This is your opportunity. You, you know, this is the old Eminem song. Like, don't miss your chance to break here. I, but this is really it. I mean, you can't expect to be given a lot. And Zendayas, he's he's looked athletic. He's looked energetic. But if that's the two things I'm giving you for a for a designation, it's not good enough for the current U.S. setup. That that was good enough for the 2006 setup to be energetic and to be athletic, but that's not good enough for 2024, 2026 U.S. national team. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think he needs to make an impact here. I think Paredes, he's intriguing. Uh, I think he has a long time to come into build and to build into this team, but I think he can make a name for himself now and, and get involved with this. But yeah, I think. My big question comes, what do we roll out in, in, a, in a positionally? Um, and if we run a 4-3-3, maybe we develop depth by sliding Balogun out and, and putting Pepe in the middle and letting those two play together and see how that works or maybe adapting the 4-2-3-1 to, to giving a little bit more, uh, maybe Pepe up front and Balogun a little more forward positioning to play as a second striker to run off of him in, in a lot of ways, similar to like you know your older Barcelona teams before, before the tiki-taka really took effect. No, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think just to like close it out, I, I, from all the players, I'm, I'm happy with everybody. I want, like I said, Gaga Sonina, feel like he should be over with the U23 yeah. team, but I think the most important, the not, not most importantly, but at this point for this guy, because of just how many young players are coming out, because this may, this may sound ridiculous, but you could honestly flip Cade Cow and Alex and which. I'll tell you right now, I do think Kate Cow is a little bit overrated. Yes. He's a, he's just a really fast guy. Like, I mean, that's really all he has going for him, but he, he brings it. He bring that's that's and that's the reason why he's with the U23 team and not here. Yeah. But Zendeja is like he made the switch. You know, he made which I mean there was a whole controversy about the switch because he wasn't supposed to make the switch, but he did make the switch. It, it, it was a it's a whole confusing thing. But the thing is now was in the house. You officially stated your commitment to the U.S. men's national team. And it was already hard to begin with because of the fact that Pulisic and Wea are the two guys that uh, the two clear wingers. So, but at least you felt like, well, I mean, I got the backup role at least locked in. And now, you know, obviously Brendan Aronson, still a player that the team really likes because of his hard work ethic. And now you have this Kevin Paredes kid stepping up in the Bundesliga and looking really good. I mean, should he be worried about Copa America? He might be that that one of those players that ends up going with the Olympics. So maybe mm-hmm. Zendaya has at least feel safe for that for that. But then after Copa America, Zendaya, has, if he doesn't show out, which, like I said, he missed out on, on the opportunity to because he didn't even play a single game in the last international break. And um, if he doesn't play in this international break, I think I think it's time. I, I think we move on from Alex Zendaya. Yeah, I mean, realistically, like he, he has one goal to his name right now, and it's against Granada. And that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah, so. But, all right, guys, so that is the U.S. men's national team roster. Once again, their matches will be November 16th, which by the time this episode drops, it's already been played. Um, and the second leg of the of the match will be November 20th over at Trinidad and Tobago, over at Hazzy Crawford Stadium. Um, so, hopefully, by, by the time they play that second leg, 
they're in a very comfortable position where we can see probably some other players, but if not, uh, you know, the torture of Trinidad and Tobago, everyone remembers. Don't I ever remember it. But, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going with our preview for the Liga Amekis playoffs. Hey, everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. And we're back. Liga Mekis, the Apertura playoffs, are officially in. Decision Day was a very dramatic finish. And if you guys you guys don't know, there has been some changes to the playoff format at Liga Mekis. So this is basically my chance to explain to what happened. So the new format is top six teams advance immediately to the quarterfinals, meaning that seven to 10th place will now play in a play-in round. So kind of copying the NBA in some sense here <laughs> with this one. Because this is where it gets maybe to the non-soccer person. It's probably going to get a little confusing. So the 7th and 8th seed will play in a game to decide who will be the 7th seed who will then face the 2nd seed in the quarterfinals. So so that's 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 the second game. There's another game, which is between the ninth and 10th place team, which then would have to face the loser of the 7th and 8th place game to decide who ends up playing the first seed in the quarterfinals. So if you guys don't know, the NBA does this with their the play-in round where 7th and 8th seed play against each other. Winner goes and takes on the, the second seed. The winner the ninth and, winner of the ninth and 10th place game would get – basically the loser gets a redemption – that's got to be super exhausting. I, I think this is definitely going to be. They might. They might change this. They might change this. I, at least I would hope so. I'm. Um, I'm hoping they change this because this is. Look, here's my biggest complaint about the entire play-in idea, is you you're the seventh place team and you win your first game. Congratulations! You just played a meaningless game to hold your same seed, and you still have to play Monterey in the first round. Congratulations! This is your. This is your reward for winning this. Like. That sucks. I'm sorry. Like you, you worked this entire season just to make the playoffs. You got yourself in the seed, and then it's just like, yeah, you got to play a meaningless game and possibly lose somebody to injury or suspension. Let's not forget suspension potentially. Um, we are talking. It is, Le- it is Liga Mekis. So. Yeah, I was about to say it is. It, it, it is. It is Mexican soccer. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to risk that? I, I personally don't like that idea at all. Um, if I were on one of these teams, and and that's just a different conversation, but. Yeah, it is cool for the ninth and 10th seed. That's really cool. I will also pose an alternate theory that maybe you just build a toilet bowl tournament for the guys that are ninth and 10th seed and all the losers from the first round. See what happens. Oh, by the way, if that rings a bell to what you're thinking, yes, that is the second division. Or that is, what is it? Not the, not the, not the Champions League. The uh, oh, Europa God. League. Yep, thank you. Europa League. That is how Europa League is decided. It's the first round losers plus the other teams like i mean if that if you want to make everybody included that's how you do it you don't do this plan stuff i just feel like it's too much yeah i i think when you look at this new format i think i would be fine with just having the top four automatically advancing and having uh 
a ridiculous amount of teams playing a reclassification match, but that's that's neither here nor there because the thing is with me is also if you're that seven seat that seven place team and you do lose to the eighth the eighth place team, so now the eighth place team has got to play the second seat, which I mean that's a relief instead of playing having to play America. Um, but now maybe, maybe actually maybe because sometimes maybe it's not maybe you have a better matchup. Actually, with you might want to play against America because they they love to choke here. Um, yeah. But. So depending now, on where, especially depending on where you're from, they love to joke against them even more. Yeah. So now, and then now the seventh, that, that seventh seed, who now is no longer the seventh seed, has to play one more game and have to go, then then have to play the at least the quote-unquote best team this season. And so it's, it's yeah, it's a double whammy, unless you're that, that ninth and tenth place team, which is like, regardless, you have to play two games, which that kind of sucks. Yeah. So honestly, if, just make it first to eighth place. Make it to the quarterfinals. I don't, this this just it. This doesn't add any drama. Sometimes like there's a reason why they're tenth place. Um, <laughs> like it, it. Yeah, it's it's. So yeah, we'll 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 definitely get to who's facing off against who. But so the top six teams that are automatically getting qual- put into the quarterfinals in first place is Club America. I mean, we already mentioned it. Who had twelve wins, uh, four draws and one loss. Only one loss this season for Club America. They do this every year, man. I I always pick America to be the favorite to win this thing, and then they they choke. Like I at this point, I'm not even jinxing them. I just literally they they just choke at this point. I actually one time picked them to win, not to jinx them, just because I thought they were really good this that year, and then they proved me wrong. So, you know, it's the hardest thing in sports to carry a one or two loss team to the finals. That's yeah. uh, that's this is it's a true state. Undefeated one loss, two loss team to a finals is near impossible because you have everybody's already seen what you can do. And then everybody can analyze that tape where you lost your one or two games. And guess what? All that tape just reveals even more problems with your team. And yeah, like then you got to deal with that. And then the fact is you only lost once. So you only had one opportunity to fix your own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's another issue in this whole conversation too. So uh, not losing very often is often uh, an Achilles heel. Yeah. In second place is Monterrey with 10 wins, three draws and four losses. Uh, Third place is, the winners of the Clausura last year, Tigres, with eight wins, six draws, and three losses. You mean the winner uh, of the Abertura this year? No, uh, Clausura. No, I know. I'm saying you mean no. the soon-to-be winner of the Abertura this year? Probably. I mean, <laughs> they, they they flip the switch every time. So Subtly me calling that right now. <laughs> the, the flip has not been switched. Um, in fourth place is Pumas uh, with eight wins, four draws, and five, Matt. No, the math, the math's right. Math's right. Uh, so I was like, wait, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. in, fi- in fifth place is Chivas de Guadalajara. Somehow, somehow they're here. But yeah, they're they're here in they're fifth probably place. Probably the same thing. <laughs> um, and in sixth place, Puebla, um, finishing off in the in the top six. So the teams that are going to be playing bound in seventh place. You have Atletico San Luis, which this was the biggest shock to me of all the teams that made it to the playoffs because Atletico San Luis was actually in the top six before decision day. And I'm still shocked that they're here. They are usually a bottom dweller in Liga Amekis. And if it wasn't for the fact that Liga Amekis banned promotion relegation, they probably would have been relegated, you know, so they're somehow they're here. Like they don't even go to the school. Uh, And so, (laughs) but yeah, so Atletico San Luis is in seventh place in eighth place is club Leon. Which I always say, if they're in the tournament, it do not be surprised if they are able to find themselves in the final, regardless of where they come in. 
copy and paste for the next team. Yeah. Uh, and I play Santos Laguna, another really good team that does really well in the in Liga MX playoffs. And in seventh place, Mazatlan, which I I I I can't find anything positive to say about Mazatlan. They're just I got one. They had an impressive Nations tournament with the U the US teams, and you know they were surprising. Oh yeah, they were the highlight of the league. So. Yeah, really. Like I I was surprised they lasted as long as they did when we covered that. I was like, wow, this is just keep getting better and better. Yeah, so very interesting. But so these are these are the play-in matches. It won't be obviously this weekend because obviously it's international break. But obviously once it kicks off, in the seventh seed will be Atletico San Luis, like I mentioned, versus eighth seed Club León. Club León's gonna win this game. I think they're gonna be taking on Monterrey. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It's gonna be a fun thing, is for it's sure. It's gonna be a fun thing. But but yeah, <laughs> I I can see Club León. Beating San Luis, they have the more experience than San Luis does, unfortunately. Uh, as much as I, I I've enjoyed how they've been shocking everybody, I think this is this is kind of where it ends for them. Because now you got to think about that ninth seed versus Santos Laguna and ten seed Mazatlan. I got Santos winning it, and then I think Santos ends up beating Atlético San Luis to face off against América. I think you're probably right. Which uh, would be the funniest thing if they're able to eliminate Club América and Monterrey. Yeah, no, I mean that would be impressive. Be all, but all means, you know, it's funny because they want to spice this up, right? The playing games. I got an idea for them. Take the playing games, play them in Canada, play them in like northeastern territory or northwest territories, and like Nova Scotia. Super cold, wet, wintry weather, snow and ice everywhere. You want to entertain somebody? Make it a penalty game that you're playing in this playing game, and you have to play it in the snow before coming back to. Mexico to play it in actual nice weather. <laughs> just torture. I, 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 at this point in time, honestly, I'm I, like I hate playing games. So the the whole playing idea. This is like this is me just trying to make even more fun of the idea. No, I'm with you. I thought, I, I still think the wild card round for MLS was dumb. But uh, you mean the best of three? No, that's round one. Oh, that there, was even there was hurt. there was a wild card game between the eighth and ninth seed. I missed that, and then I yeah. Anything to get messy in, guys. Sorry, I love messy, but but yeah. So that is the Liga MX Apertura. Obviously, we'll be as the tournament progresses, we'll 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 cover it as we go. But right now, playing playing is a thing, so we'll see how that goes. Obviously, international breaks coming up, but uh, once it kicks off, you guys now know. Uh, Players Week. Players Week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing apparel company that has partnered with the Players Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, National Football League, and do also some other other random designs. But the designs are amazing. I love the 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 originality with some of these shirt designs, and the best part, it always goes back to the players. Yes. So if you guys. Go to intheclutch.com, and if you guys see it, there's going to be a design for you because not only can you search by your team or by the sport or by the league, you can search by your own city. So if you want to rep your city, even even better. So you can just go and check out. I guarantee you're going to find a shirt design that you're going to love. Um, and if you guys use the code in, insert name at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. Once again, these shirts are amazing. They're comfortable. And quoted by Kelsey right over here, they have passed the fat boy test. Absolutely passed the fat boy test. If you guys don't know the fat boy test, you gotta lift your arms up. If you so belly, man, it doesn't pass the fat boy test. So there you go. So insert name at checkout, save yourself 10% off. 
Kelsey, who is your player of the week? So player of the week, we talked about it in the in, in the very beginning of the show, actually. Uh, Allie Krieger. Uh, look, I, I said it's a fantastic story. I stand by it. Her final kick of the ball basically wins her a, a title. It's impressive to watch. The highest rated player statistically in the game, by the way. Um, 45 completed passes, only two fouls. Very impressive for, uh, you know, let's not forget Allie Krieger at one point in time in her career was a left midfielder and worked her way back to the outside back position and even playing in center back position uh, in, 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 to end her NWSL career. And so I got to give Allie Krieger the credit here. Uh, wins the championship and, you know, goes out on a high in, in what has been a probably a struggle for her club-wise, but when you talk about a career for the U.S. Women's National Team, one of the more, I mean, really better, at, you know, times to be a, a women's national team player. So, yeah, shout-out to Ali Krieger. All right. Edward did send me his player of the week. His player of the week is Robert Lewandowski, who scored two goals in Barcelona's 2-1 win against Alaves. Like I said it in, in many episodes of, of, of Insert Name FC, if Edward doesn't know who to pick, he goes to he goes season what, what was the score of Barcelona and just picks the Barcelona player. So... <laughs> Him and Lewandowski, I swear there is a love affair there that none, neither one of us are privy to. But it's I think man, it's his man crush. Pays him on the side. I think I think Lewandowski pays him on the side. Yeah, I mean he is he he's actually now in the running for his third straight Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award. So what a I run! Mutual Acosta a, a, a try at this, but he didn't get it. <laughs> so very interesting there. Um, and of course, my Player of the Week is Mohamed Salah, who scored two goals in Liverpool's 3-0 victory against Brentford. Also, randomly, me and Edward last week, we were talking about, you know, uh, the future of of the ball and the oars. And uh, I mentioned now there's, like, all these names that are potentially coming, and Edward mentioned Romeo Beckham. Um, Romeo Beckham was not on this roster at all, not even on the bench. So, um, probably should go back to Miami. This is my, my, my advice to him. But hey, if he wants to keep doing the challenge of England, I mean, by all means, Ben, go ahead. You know, he'd always go join go join Sunderland. Uh, I, you know, they they need more more filter for their Sunderland till I die, uh, TV show. Is that still a thing? I don't know. I haven't watched it. And I, I I found it again last night on Netflix, and there's not a new season. So they made two seasons, and it was fantastic. And I miss yeah. it. I need yeah, more. That was, that was a really good series. Um, now it's getting overshadowed by Wrexham. <laughs> Less fantastic, but still equally fun. Uh, but yeah, so congratulations to Ali Krieger, Robert Lewandowski, and Mohamed Salah for being our players of the week. Uh, once again, guys, use that code insert name at checkout. Save yourself 10% off your purchase. All right, guys, there is a lot of games coming up this weekend. It is the international break. So starting off on Friday, we got Jamaica taking on Canada, Honduras versus Mexico, Denmark versus Slovenia, and Poland versus the Czech Republic. There is a lot of big matchups, CONCACAF Nations League, Euro qualifiers, Africa World Cup qualifiers. I know, right? Really? <laughs> and, I feel like the end of World Cup and they're immediately like, all right, we're going to qualify for the next World Cup. <laughs> and the U-17 World Cup is also another thing to keep on. The games are super early, so I'm not going to try to highlight those games because it's like they're like in Indonesia, I think. Yeah, it's like a 4 a.m. a 3 a.m. situation in the U.S. Yeah, so. But those are the big games on Friday. Saturday, there's one game you should be watching, and that's Germany taking on Turkey. Um, Germany's back. That's all I got to say. Are they, though? After letting go of Hansi Flick, yes. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, a lot of people come back after, after getting rid of him. 
But we'll see how it is with Julian Eaglesman. But <laughs> they did look pretty good. They did destroy the U.S. If that was a bragging point. Um, is it a bragging point, though? I mean, they did beat Mexico. Here's the thing. Turkey is always a tough tough out. Uh, no matter when you play them, whether it's a friendly or in a tournament. I never want to play them in a tournament, but never don't even want to play them in a friendly. Uh, so good luck, Germany. If you are back, this is this will tell us. Yeah, exactly. On Sunday, we got Bosnia and Herzegovina. Nailed it. Taking on Slovakia. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. A lot of like young Batman, players. Like a Batman moment where you're just throwing the battering a few times. Nailed it. In the end. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of young players coming out of these two countries, so definitely a good one to be checking out. Portugal versus Iceland. Um, apparently, Ronaldo's still playing, so. Wow, surprising. I don't know how. But I was literally right. wondering if Eden Dzeko was playing for Bosnia and Herzegovina, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I. But if Ronaldo's playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Dzeko's playing, so. Maybe. Uh, Scotland taking on Norway. Can we see a Norway with Erling Haaland? It, maybe maybe Odegaard's healthy. I'm not entirely sure. But can, <laughs> can Odegaard get them into the Euros? I mean, can Odegaard and Haaland get them into the Euros? Yes. Does, isn't this isn't this Euros like forty eight teams now? So yeah, is it the expand? Did they expand it? I believe this is the expanded Euros. Oh, sheesh. All right, well, definitely, definitely, bruise their odds. And in the Africa African World Cup qualifiers, Zimbabwe taking on Nigeria. So that's gonna be, I think, a pretty good matchup. I think I say that with bias because obviously they have teenager DB over there in Zimbabwe. So that's fair. Got a, got a roof for the Dynamo players. <laughs> and Monday, Trinidad Tobago versus USA. Obviously, hopefully at this point the US is in a prime position to to move on to to the next round. But if not, um, we'll oh, see. <laughs> a great way to take that is is if not, well, oh crap! Uh, by the way, I was wrong. It is still only twenty four teams for the uh, for the Euros this year. Uh, that's twenty four. Um, Panama taking on Costa Rica. I think this is. I, I will. I will say this game will be one of those like Panama officially jumps over Costa Rica as being the powerhouses of Concacaf, if that's even a thing to brag about. But obviously, Costa Rica getting really old. Still, don't see many new players coming out of Costa Rica. Um, Panama gets more and more exciting every year. Seems like to me. So, who is the youngest player out of Costa Rica that you can think of that is actually that level of talent? I, I honestly can't think I of can't, any that have come I out. Can't. That's under 30. Okay. Really? Wow. It's already that time. Man, I'm Kayla, Kayla Navas is under 20 by heart. <laughs> oh, Kayla Navas is like, that dude is like 21 at heart. And that's just so he can pass the drinking test in, in America when he comes here. <laughs> uh, Slovenia taking on Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan actually looks really good now in, your, in qualifiers. <laughs> I, look, I'm not going to stop anybody in, in the Euro qualifiers at this point in time. I don't know what is happening, but there are teams that should not be performing in the Euros in the qualifying just, stages. Just that slap are, like Borat right now, which is big success. <laughs> yeah. Cue the music. Kazakhstan looking really good against Slovenia. Uh, maybe they can keep it going against Slovenia. And the last game to point out is Ukraine taking on Italy. Underrated game. Underrated like game. Italy will be without Sandra Tonali and the other players that decided to gamble. <laughs> so, was it? Yeah, seven players. Is that? Is that how many they're missing? I knew about Zanolio. I knew about 
Fagiolo, and and obviously Tenali. Those are the three I knew. If there's more players, then I think there was. I, I want to say it was like maybe maybe I'm over embellishing. Maybe maybe it's only five. I feel like it was a lot though. Um, that again, I mean, you lose three players from an eleven man squad. You, you eleven man starter. It's a, it's a big chunk of players right there. Especially the talent level. Um, <laughs> yeah. Donnarumma is like, you guys had to gamble for money. <laughs> you guys gamble. You guys don't just get gifted money by your oil sheiks. Sorry, Donnarumma. Also, what a what a day for for uh, Donnarumma's return to to Milan and just get thrown money at him. Yeah. What a what a what to a clip. Fair, Shout, count me in. I said this. I, I said this on this exact show. If if they wanted to come for me and be like, "Hey, I will give you one billion dollars." All right, I, one year, one billion dollars. All right, three years, one billion dollars. Ten years, one billion dollars. All right, but that's where I draw the line. Ten years. <laughs> yeah, you gotta start thinking about the taxes and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just make it legally. Let us sit overseas, and then I'll come back to America eventually. But obviously, guys, there's a lot of games going on. It there, There's a lot. I literally just told you all the competitions are going on in this international break. So there's no excuse that you shouldn't be watching something. But this is a good beginner's guide if you guys aren't entirely sure what to be watching, what to look out for this weekend. But, yeah. Um, Kelsey, I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, we're going to take another break where I'll be wrapping it up. But, Kelsey, where can the good people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me. And, by the way, the shout-out Goals TV. This is my first appearance on your show since you guys have joined Goals TV. Super cool. Um, but yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me over at Hilo Sports with my co-host DJ. Um, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube at Hilo Sports or on X Twitter at High underscore Low underscore Sports. Uh, we go live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Talk all things sports, not just one sport or two sports. We pretty much cover it all, highs and lows of everything. Uh, we'll give you some unique angles. That way you can uh, win the debate at your office water cooler. Um, and then you find all of our audio only episodes every Thursday morning, starting live at 8 a.m. on any one of the fantastic audio platforms you choose. Um, just search Hilo Sports Podcast. If you search Hilo Sports, you will be on a completely different conversation than, I, than, than what we do. Um, but yeah, I know we, we, we love every time, you know, we have talked to Hector and especially me. I, get, I love coming on and talking soccer every opportunity I get. All right. Thank you, Kelsey. Make sure you guys go ahead and check out High Low Sports. Also, he's doing big things over there for Belly Up, uh, as he is the director of marketing over there. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Quote, unquote. The director of marketing. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much, man. Uh, anytime, man. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll get going. We're wrapping the show up. Hey, guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidip CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidipCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidipCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidips for being a great partner of Belly Up Sports. All right, thank you so much to Kelsey for joining in and talking some soccer. It's always great to have Kelsey. It's it's, it's always cool to remember that me, Edward, and Kelsey, we started with Unhinged Sports, and, and now we're here at Belly of Sports. So it's it's actually kind of a cool, like, reflection. And whenever we 
we do link up, especially like now that what we're able to do for Belly Up Sports, and um, and I really, I really am able. I always enjoy having Kelsey on, so make sure you guys check out High Low Sports, man. Great podcast with him and DJ over there. Uh, but, but yeah, man. Um, how do I want to wrap this up, man? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Uh, you know, this weekend is definitely something that gave me some time to really think, and it's because of, of, it it kind of intertwines with two big impactful things in my life, and that is obviously my family, and and my service. You know, if you guys don't know, I I am a I served in the U.S. Marine Corps for five years, um, from 2010 to 2015. Um, in that time, I learned a lot about myself. Um, that I'm pretty organized and pretty responsible. Um, you know, because in the Marine Corps. It, yeah, most of the time they just throw you into a situation, but you know they don't put you in a certain in a leadership role unless they think you're 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 ready for it. And even when you don't feel ready for it, they they put you in there because they think you're capable of it. And um, and I think that's one of the things that I always appreciate for my time in the Marine Corps because I had an amazing support from all my leadership, uh, especially you know when I was put in a position to run a crew, I was maybe maybe 20 years old you know that's like that's two years out of high school and um but they they felt that was ready and and so you know and that's crazy to think right most places you don't see many 20 year olds running a crew and and i and i was you know i you know it's crazy to think a lot of the things i was able to do between the age 18 to uh to 23 you know most 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 people around that age they're they're I'm not saying that they're not responsible, but it, to be responsible for grown men, uh, grown adults is at that age. And some people were older than you um, at that age is it's not it's very out of the norm, especially in, in the regular world. Um, But, yeah, the Marine Corps really taught me pride. And um, and obviously family is another thing that's very important to me, I think. Especially especially leaving, you know, when I left, you know, everybody, when I left everyone to go serve, it, it's honestly a very hard thing. It's not easy. It is not easy to leave your family. And then you essentially become an outsider. Um, at least that's how you feel. Uh, and even for the fa- for your family, like you went from seeing this person every single day to, maybe you'll get a text message from me at some point. And it's not because I was not thinking about them. It was just because I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't value the importance of just making time to talk to people, talk to talk back home. Um, And, you know, maybe that's something that that's something I didn't learn until I, until I came back, but um, that's an important thing. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that I like that my mom does is um, she calls everybody. <laughs> it feels like she, it's like if she doesn't call somebody, somebody calls her, and it's like somebody from you know back in LA, somebody from Boston, somebody from El Salvador. Someone's calling my mom. Someone's calling my mom, and they're talking for an hour, two hours, maybe thirty minutes, whatever the time they have, they talk. And um, and I think that's something that's really cool. Um, 
maybe a little old school, maybe. Um, but I wish I, I wish I was like that. Especially, but once again, I was, I was in my early twenties, so I didn't think about that. And um, but I think, uh, I, I think what's perfect about this weekend, like I said, obviously, you know, the the tenth and eleven, the tenth being the Marine Corps birthday, the eleven being Veterans Day, and the twelfth being my niece's birthday, um, and the thirteenth being my mom's birthday. The twelve. My my niece Heidi, uh, she she may sometimes not know this, but she was a strong, strong push for me. One of my biggest reasons to keep going. Um, there was some really really rough time, bad times when I was in the Marine Corps, um, and I kept remembering that I had this little kid back here who doesn't really know me. And I want her to know me, you know, um, unfortunately, not uh, fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. Um, I wasn't there when she was born, um, which obviously is my niece. So I, I don't I'm not I'm, I don't think an uncle needs to actually be there at the birth of, of a child. But like, um, I'm just saying, like, for her first five years of her life, like I wasn't there, like I was out serving my country. And um, and so, like, whenever I whenever I did come home to visit. I was like a complete stranger to her and that killed me every single time. And that's not the reason why I was like rough or anything like that. But like, um, but that, that, that really did affect me. And I always remember no matter how bad my, the days were. Um, and obviously you, you have a great group of friends back in the, in, in the Marine Corps as well, that your support system as well. But like, um, but I remember every single day, especially when maybe it was a little bit more mentally draining than others. I just remember that there's this little girl back in Houston that I would really like to know. And um, obviously once I got out and um, got to like really hang out with her, it was really just like every day was just a a privilege for me just to see this kid uh, just grow up to be the person that she is. And yeah, now she's a teenager and that's a whole can of another can of worms to deal with. But she knows she she knows that, that she has she has me no matter what. Um, and so I love that girl to death. I love that little kid to death. Um, but yeah, it was, that was one of my biggest driving forces every single day, no matter how bad my day was. And and it's funny because like on Facebook, I had like a whole photo album of just my niece. And so I remember like when it was like a really, really bad day, like I, I didn't want to really talk to anybody. I would just be, I would immediately just pull up the pictures of my nieces, my niece and just look at every single one of them and just remember what I'm doing, what I'm, what all, all this that I'm doing for is for, and it's, it's for her. Um, so that kid saved my life. That's all. I, that's really what I'm going to try to say. I'm trying to explain is that that kid saved my life. And, um, and I'm always going to make sure, make sure she knows that. But, um, and then obviously the last day was my mom's birthday and of the weekend of that eventful weekend was my mom's birthday, which is always just a perfect, just a perfect way to wrap it up because of, how impactful my mom is not only to me or to my sister, but to the family. My mom is the glue to the Martinez family. And um, I know everyone knows my last name is Flores, but my mom is Martinez, but um, she is the glue. You know, everyone goes to my mom. And, um, and I love that about her, that, that she's so well mixed in with everyone and knows what, what, what everybody's doing. 
like there's not a single thing that's going on that my mom doesn't know and it's it's an impeccable thing and and you know it's one of those things where i'm just like i want to be like that i want to be that when when it's when it's my turn you know so it was just perfect um i think this weekend was honestly the perfect way to exempt to explain who i am um my service is a big part of who defines who i am um the, the things that i learned the things that taught that i was taught uh the leadership skills you know the organization all that thing all those things those are important pieces of me like those are what makes me who i am the confidence that i gained from being in the marine corps and then you have my family who is my driving force the one that that keeps me human um if that makes any sense it's just uh, the things that makes me learn to appreciate the little things that life is short. Uh, and I think I also, that comes also with the military life is so short, so precious that we need to just sit back and just touch grass every once in a while and just be in the moment. And, and I think that is the best part of what this weekend was, was, you know, being able to reflect on my time in the Marine Corps and, and being able to enjoy my family and like just being able to to sit down and, and I mean, I see my family every weekend. I see them every weekend. It's not, we're never not going to hang out, but it, you know, when we're able to celebrate another year of my mom is, is the best. And, and it's great to be able to have everyone together and, um, and honors and, and celebrate someone that we truly love. But, but yeah, so that, um, whoo, all right. I really, I really like that. I really like saying that. Um, but uh, thank you to all those who have served this country. Um, I can honestly tell you, I definitely get, I understand it more than anybody else, what it means to serve. Um, it's a big sacrifice, um, but not only for you, but it's also for the families, families involved that it is, it is also a big sacrifice for them. Um, but yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to the belly of sports, Net, belly of sports media, belly, belly of sports for obviously it's a great platform. They are, building something really awesome over over here in the u.s uh but check them out belly up sports at on instagram and x at belly up sports and at belly up media so you can get all the updates across all the podcasts and articles that are being written of all the sports whether it's baseball hockey soccer whatever you want it's right there belly up sports check them out um check out goals tv man goals.tv it is the Hulu of American soccer content. Make sure you guys go ahead and check that out at uh, goals.tv. Uh, follow them on Instagram at goals.tv, G-O-L-Z.tv, and on Twitter at G-O-L-Z underscore TV. So that's how, or I might have got that flip. It's one or the other, but that's 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 what I got to say. Um, obviously, shout out to our guy. Roosevelt Spencer, he is, you know, if you guys hear the intros and the outros, that's the guy responsible for it. If you think the beats are sick, man, go ahead and follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Um, if you guys need some beat work done, go ahead and hit him up. He'll take great care of you like he always does with us. So we really appreciate Spencer. Make sure you guys show him some love over there. Um, once again, follow us on Instagram and X at insert name FC. Check us out on TikTok at insert.name.fc. And yeah, man, uh, salute to everybody that served and catch us next week for episode 153. Y'all take care, guys.
Oh